Hello and welcome to this latest installment of Barnards on the NBA. I'm your host, Matt Barnard, and I'm joined here by my son and co-host, Emilio. What's up? That's him. And in this installment of the uh, the show, we're going to be continuing our discussion of the best lineups one could put together of NBA players based upon where they played in college. Now, in this episode, we're going to be attacking the same college that we did in our first episode. We feel like we did short shrift to UCLA. We've learned a lot since we've been doing the podcast. We've uh, come up with some different ways of looking at the players and teams and, and talking about them as well. UCLA with 99 players graduated to the NBA we uh, must give them more thorough treatment, and here we are doing so in a standalone episode for UCLA. So in the uh, in the manner we do on these episodes, we're going to go through our uh, starting lineup, uh, starting at center, then power forward, small forward, shooting guard, and point guard. And we're also going to be building out an entire bench, a seven-man unit on the bench, to give us uh, 12 players from who played at UCLA. Not necessarily graduates, but certainly UCLA players in the past. Just to let you know, there's some Hall of Famers coming off the bench. Yeah, UCLA, an, an incredibly deep program. They produce a ton of NBA players. And really, I mean, some even more recent NBA players, guys who are current players in the NBA, who have uh, really made their mark on this all-time list. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, so um, yeah, without further ado, let's jump into it, because uh, this might be a long episode. A lot to talk about with these guys. And uh, let's start at UCLA Center. Milio, who you got? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You have to have him too, right? What? Kareem <laughs> Abdul-Jabbar? You had him at center? That's a little throwbacks to our uh, first episode. Of course, Kareem, the center on this UCLA team, one of the best players in NBA history. Mills, tell us a little about him. Okay. Hall of Famer, 19-time All-Star, two-time scoring champ, four-time block champ, rebound champ, six-time NBA champ, 15-time All-NBA, 11-time All-Defense, All-Rookie Team, two-time Finals MVP, six-time MVP, Rookie of the Year, and most points of all time. Yeah. I mean, really a mouthful when it comes to Kareem. Uh, Legendary player at UCLA as a collegian and obviously a, a guy who put up a career unlike anybody else in NBA history in terms of the volume that this guy performed at. 1,560 regular season games for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, 237 postseason games for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, through his time with the Bucks and the Lakers. Just, uh, I mean, the you know, you're able to put up stats over that amount of time that really are, are impossible to match across NBA history. First in field goals made, first in minutes played, first in offensive win shares, first in personal fouls. You mentioned first in points, first in win shares, second in games, third in blocks, fourth in rebounds, eighth in uh, value over replacement player. And obviously the list goes on and on and on with Kareem, one of the greatest and most accomplished players in NBA history for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else you want to note about Kareem before we move on? I mean, this guy well known for uh, his style on the court. Uh, some of his signature moves. Skyhook, I mean, Skyhook. Yeah. <laughs> Long considered uh, one of the most impossible shots to defend. A cream coming from uh, a 7-2 seven, seven, frame, exactly, and releasing high up over his body away from him. I mean, an impossible shot to to, uh, to handle as a defender. Was it ever blocked? I think it's it was. A, it's a good question. I mean, you'd think he, he threw it up enough that it would have been blocked at some point during this really, really long career. Yeah, I mean – this guy, We've 24.6 a- points for game for his career. 
Yeah, really remarkable. I mean, you know, as we mentioned, the duration of that career. I mean, 36.8 minutes per game for his career, too. I mean, you think about how long it went on. I mean, you know, there's a little bit of a decline phase there towards the end, as you would imagine there would be. Uh, but even then, I mean, playing substantial minutes, starting every game and, and uh, you know, averaging over 10 points per game, even all the way right down to the end. Yeah, I mean, all-star every year of his career, except for one year in the middle, which I don't know why he wasn't an all-star. Yeah, seriously. I wonder what what was going on during uh, during those uh, during that time. Like, uh, who would have been an all star over him that year? Yeah. Well, you know, we can keep uh, going down that hole uh, if, if if we wish and dig into the uh, dig into the all stars. But we want to keep things moving with uh, yeah. our Kareem discussion here. Noted that uh, Kareem uh, was not much of a three point shooter during his career. Yeah, I was about to say only one three for his career. Yeah, pretty remarkable. Hit right down at the end of his career, and uh, we've watched some uh, highlights of, uh, of him doing that, the uh, singular three-pointer of Kareem's career. So, as you mentioned, six-time MVP, six-time champion, one of the all-time greats, to be sure. we got a lot of guys to get to in this episode, though, so let's uh, let's move on to uh, Power Forward. I, of course, had Kareem at center as well. I had Bill Walton, and I am really mad at you about this. I am really mad at you about well, this. Well, why don't you sell us on, on Bill Walton, and we can, uh, we can discuss that after. Okay. Bill <laughs> Walton, great player, Hall of Famer, two-time All-Star, rebound champ, um, block champ, two-time NBA champ, two-time All-NBA, two-time All-Defense, Finals MVP, MVP, sixth man, and this is all in just like less than 10 years. Yeah, pretty amazing career. I mean, obviously one that was really marred by injuries I and mean, missed three full seasons in the midst of his career uh, with foot injuries and uh, you know missed a bunch of other time during, uh, during the seasons that he did play after those first few years in particular. But a uh, really, really amazing player when he was in the league. I mean, and, uh, you know, a, a collegian that was accomplished like a few others have been. I mean, a uh, two-time NBA champion at UC, uh, excuse me, two-time NCAA champion at, uh, at, at UCLA, uh, three-time National College Player of the Year, uh, three-time consensus first-team All-American at, at UCLA. So really, really accomplished in, uh, in, in the college ranks. Obviously, um, you know, a phenomenal NBA player, too, when he was able to stay healthy enough. For sure. Yeah, I, th- I think my, my primary issue with uh, with Bill Walton as, uh, as as the power forward on this team is just the competition he's got to deal with. I mean, he's certainly an all time great. I mean, you know, better fit at center, but uh, you know, you can certainly push him down to the power forward on these squads and in, in the manner that, that we uh, put them together. Yes, yeah, I'm Luke Walton. Just yeah, so as as Luke Walton, who's gone on to you know be an NBA player and a coach in the league as well. Yeah, for me, it's really just about the amount of time that he played in the league. I mean, you know, 468 career NBA regular season games. It's not that many. I mean, like there, there are so many players who attended UCLA and we're going to get to my choice here at Power Forward in just a moment. Uh, you just got to do more than that. I mean, even even being a Hall of Famer isn't necessarily enough to get you on uh, on this team. I mean, just ask, uh, you know, Don Barksdale. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, and Bill Walton, an, an, a great player and obviously a guy who's continued to contribute to uh, to the NBA as a media personality over a long period of time now as well. And a uh, great ambassador for uh, the, the Grateful Dead, awesome band. All right, so let's uh, l- let's move on to, uh, to to my choice at uh, at power forward. I went with current player Kevin Love. I mean, yeah, most improved player, five time All Star, NBA champ, All Rookie Team, two time All NBA, and rebound champ. I mean, ooh boy. Yeah, really a phenomenal player. I mean, you know, someone who I think has been overshadowed a little bit because he found uh, team success with the Cleveland Cavaliers, obviously in the shadow of LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. 
but uh, you know, a guy who came into the league as the uh, fifth overall pick in the 2008 draft and has been, uh, you know, struggled a little bit to get going in the, in the early part of his career. I think uh, there was some uh, doubts among uh, the coaches who he had at that time that he was able to, capable of contributing at a high level. But really, I mean, that uh, third season, age 22 season, really stepped it up. I mean, average 20 and 15. I Love mean, the league and rebounds. Yeah, little league and rebounds, 20 and 15 he averaged for the season. I mean, That's pretty good. Yeah, he was a monster rebounder at his peak, capable of, uh, you know, terrific passer. I mean, capable of firing those outlet passes, get, getting the break going. And uh, still, I mean, only 31. I mean, I know he's had some injury-plagued seasons the last few years, but uh, I think someone who still has some decent basketball left in him. I mean, he's really expanded his game as a shooter. I mean, in terms of the volume, I mean, he was up as high as – seven three-pointers per game uh, this past season. And, uh, you know, it seems like like his shooting from the perimeter at 6'8", combined with his passing and his vision, I mean, these are skills that ought to, uh, ought to hold up for, for a few more years if his body can, uh, can hang in there for him. So I, I had Kevin Love here. I think, uh, you know, you can make arguments for some other guys in this spot, but mm-hmm. Kevin Love, uh, you know, phenomenal uh, UCLA basketball player who uh, really showed out in the NBA. For sure. Let's uh, let, let's get to uh, small forward. Having covered both of our power forward spots, who do you have there at small forward, Mills? I actually had Marcus Johnson. Oh yeah, this guy I know him as MJ. Yeah, I mean Jordan's nickname as well. Maybe he got it from Jordan. I know I said that in the first episode, but maybe he did. Yeah, maybe he did. So let, let's talk a little bit about uh, Marcus Johnson's uh, credentials. Yeah, I mean five-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA, and All-Rookie team. I mean. That's pretty good. I mean, for the amount of time he played. Yeah, he was a fantastic player. I mean, won, won an, an NCAA title at, at UCLA in 1975 and was the uh, National College Player of the Year in, in 77. Ooh. Yeah, so, I mean, really, you know, a, a major recruit, uh, you know, coming into the NBA, a major prospect coming into the league, uh, third overall pick in 1977, and really, uh, you know, came came on like a house of fire. I mean, with, uh, with the Bucks early in his career. Didn't play that much in the league. Um, was out for two full years. Yeah, had, had pretty much wrapped things up by the time he was uh, 29. It's true. I mean, he, he really uh, only played another 20 games after his age 29 season. Yeah, I think he was pretty good in that age 30 season. I know he didn't play that much, but he actually scored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm kind of just responding to him only having played 10 games that year. But, um, you know, really good peak. I mean, I, I think, you know, obviously you have to have a really good peak to get on this uh, UCLA starting lineup. At the, at the small forward or in any spot, but yeah. I think uh, he, he got there. I mean, a, a five-time All-Star. That really does yeah. speak to where he was viewed among his uh, contemporaries. Yeah, I just think, um, um, like, I would say small forward is the weakest position at UCLA. Yeah, I agree with you there. I, I think there's there's room for uh, for a great small forward to uh, go to UCLA and get on this list if, uh, if, if they're really, really good. I mean, five-time yeah. All-Star as the lowest-rung uh, is, uh, is a pretty good spot for UCLA yeah. to be in. I know you had Trevor Ariza last time. Yeah, we're going to get to him, uh, I'm sure, in our in our benches. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think it's a close call. I mean, I think you know um, Trevor Ariza has had a longer career, as as we just mentioned. Uh, Marcus Johnson's career kind of cut short by injuries, but uh, really, really productive. Uh, 691 career regular season games for Marcus Johnson, and I I had uh, adjusted here and, and had I have him at my small forward as well. Let's move on to our two. Yep. Um, I have Reggie Miller. Yeah, this guy is a pretty nice shooter. 
<laughs> one of one of the uh, sure. yeah yeah one of one of the best of all time. I had him as well. Uh, Mills, uh, tell us a little bit about Reggie. Yeah, I mean, five-time All-Star. Surprising. He should be more. But I know he was with Clyde and Jordan. Okay, fine. But three-time All-NBA, All-ABA, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, a really great player. I mean, played for a really long time as well. I mean, one of these other uh, UCLA graduates, uh, UCLA players who uh, played, you know, 1,389 career regular season games, a whole lot of postseason games too, as uh, you, know, you remember if uh, you were around in those days, those uh, sure. runs that the Pacers went in in the, in the playoffs. I think when you look back on his numbers now, I mean, you really realize just uh, how different the game was. I mean, as someone who was regarded as a primo three-point shooter, even he, for his career, 4.7 three-point attempts per game. Wow, I mean that's not that much. It's not that many. I mean, you could you could imagine him if he played now having double that. I mean, literally double that. I mean, you know, being up <laughs> o- over nine uh, per game now. I mean, the guy was almost a forty percent three point shooter for his career, and a legendary clutch performer. I mean, you know, a, a amazing free throw shooter. So just a guy who could really, really shoot the rock. Yeah, I mean, four he, four times he led the league in free throw percentage. It's really impressive. I think it was even five. Uh, led in, in his final season as well with the 93%. Yeah, I mean, really, really impressive shooter. I think one of the things that stood out to me looking at his uh, statistical uh, resume these years later is just how he didn't score that many points. I mean, 18.2 yeah. points per game for his career and really never – I mean, he, he got into the 20s uh, on a number of occasions, but, I mean, 24.6 is highest points per game total in his career, and after that, 22.6. Would you Would you have expected it to be higher than that? Yeah, I think his his rep as a shooter. I think like the importance of shooters in terms of like being relied upon to be the primary scorer has kind of shifted over, over time, and people have realized just how much more damaging that three point shot can be, and, and put the ball in the hands of shooters a lot more. We can't uh, move on from Reggie without mentioning um, uh, his uh, his his playoff uh, heroics, uh, notably scoring eight points in uh, in nine seconds in the in game one of the Eastern Conference semifinals against that the That was Mays. in the playoffs. I didn't know that. Yeah, back in 95. Uh, so, I mean, Reggie, an incredible playoff performer and as someone who grew up in New York watching, uh, you know, being surrounded by Knicks fans, uh, certainly the, the greatest villain uh, of Knicks basketball during the, during the 90s, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, he loved it. So it was a, lo- a lot of fun to uh, get to witness uh, him going at, at New York and uh, New York responding to uh, Reggie Miller, even though uh, not a big fan of, uh, of, of, of him generally during his career or, uh, or in his post-career, but a phenomenal player. Yes. So I, of course, had Reggie as well at, at, uh, at the two. Let's move on to uh, our point guard. So, yes. Your favorite player in the league, Russ. That's right. Russell Westbrook, the man himself. Nine-time All-Star, two-time scoring champ, two-time assist champ, eight-time All-NBA a two-time All-Star Game MVP, and, of course, the MVP in 2016-2017. Guy who averaged triple-doubles three seasons in a row and uh, one of the most entertaining players to watch of his generation, I would say. Mm-hmm. Guy uh, has, uh, has has a gear in his game that uh, few else, few other players can, uh, can get to, and uh, he has it running pretty much all the time. I guess not always on defense, but... On offense, at least, I mean, you see this guy uh, pushing all the time uh, in, in these games, and we're getting a chance to watch him uh, right now as, uh, as as the Rockets are uh, trying play. to make their move in uh, in, the, in the Western Conference playoffs. Yeah, playing Game Seven tonight, but I don't get to watch it. 
Yeah, we got the rare treat of watching uh, Russell Westbrook and uh, another one of my favorite players, James Harden, uh, go at it in the game seven tonight, going up against Chris Paul. It's going to be uh, fantastic tonight as we record this. And, um, and I guess uh, as we release it as well. Uh, so Russell Westbrook still very much uh, writing his story at this point. I mean, coming off, uh, a, you know, another terrific season. I mean, he was an all-star again at age 31 and averaged uh, oh, just, you know, 27.2 points per game, 7.9 7. rebounds and, and seven, seven assists. Six. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, regular old Russell Westbrook season at this point. A guy who uh, will certainly be heading to the Hall of Fame once his career is over and hopefully, from my perspective anyway, gets a chance to uh, add, a, uh, add a ring at some point before then. Yes. I think uh, you will. Yeah, I mean, ho- hopefully. It's all about being in the right place at the right time. I mean, I, I'm not sure it's going to happen for the Rockets this year, but maybe he'll be able to uh, continue on as a uh, you know, valuable contributor somewhere else as his career winds down. Just to be fair, I do want the Thunder to win today. That's, uh, that's fair. It's good to have that registered in there, and uh, we're going to we're gonna have to see what happens in that, uh, that Game 7 this evening. Um, I did predict that the Thunder will win, so. Yeah, so then your prediction would, uh, would come true if, uh, if, if, it, if it plays out that way. All right, we're going to take a uh, quick break, but first let's just go over our our starting lineups again, and we'll come back and uh, discuss these benches. Yeah, Sarah Kareem, power forward Bill Walton, small forward Marcus Johnson, shooting guard Reggie Miller, and point guard Russ. And I had uh, center Kareem, power forward Kevin Love, uh, small forward Marcus Johnson, uh, shooting guard Reggie Miller, and point guard Russell Westbrook. All right, we're going to take that quick break, and we'll be back in just a moment. Now we're back to uh, continue our conversation by discussing the uh, players we have on our bench. So spots uh, 6 through 12 on this UCLA squad. Mills, why don't you introduce uh, your first guy on the bench? Gil Goodrich. Yeah, tell us a little bit about uh, Gil Goodrich. I mean, this guy's in the Hall of Fame. Hall of Famer, five-time All-Star, NBA champ, and All-NBA. This guy was good. Good. Not just, like, good, but, like, very good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, known as uh, Stumpy or the, the Stump, according to uh, Basketball Reference. Uh, shout out Basketball Reference. We appreciate you. Um, in the Hall of Fame, as we mentioned, uh, a guy who was uh, taken as a territorial pick in uh, 1965, back when the NBA draft was, was conducted that way. Definitely a uh, Los Angeles kind of guy, born in L.A., played uh, high school basketball right near L.A., went to college in L.A., and went, uh, played in the pros in uh, L.A. So uh, definitely a California, uh, L.A. kind of guy. Yeah, he also played on two other teams, the Suns and uh, the New Jazz, Orleans. the New Orleans Jazz. Yeah, uh, Jazz. down the end of his career. That's right. Uh, yeah, I mean, a guy guy was capable of scoring uh, up over you know twenty five points per game on a couple of occasions. I yeah. mean, it averaged up in the twenties uh, numerous times during his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, part of uh, part of an NBA championship team in that uh, 71-72 season, and uh, was a, was a major factor at that point. I mean, look at where he was in his career then. I mean, he was really peaking then. Mm-hmm. I mean, twenty five point nine points. Uh, Per game, four and a half uh, assists and three point six rebounds. So it was really uh, getting it done at that point during his career, and a big part of, uh, of, a, of a title team there. Yes. Uh, anything more to uh, say about uh, Gil Goodrich? I mean, not a uh, not a guy who we obviously got to witness play at all, but quite uh, some time ago. Yeah, if not, we can move on. I mean, yeah. I, I had him on my on my squad as well. Um, I'll uh, I'll I guess uh, throw one of my guys right now, and let's uh, let's go with Baron Davis. Yeah, um, yeah, I also have him on my bench. Um, yeah, I mean, we mentioned him in our first episode. Good player, two-time steel champ, two-time all-star and all-NBA. So, yeah, really good player. 
Yeah, really crafty player. I mean, taken uh, third overall in that 99 draft. Uh, 6'3", but really played uh, played really physically. I mean, kind of a thick 6'3", and a thick, muscular guy who could, uh, you know, move guys around uh, on the block or where, wherever he was on the court. Uh, yeah, I mean, a very effective player during his time in the league. I mean, I think hampered some by injuries uh, down towards the end of his career. And like a lot of these guys, uh, you know, started to peter out in his uh, you know, beginning of his 30s. But, yeah. you know, came into the league early enough. I mean, I think after just one year at UCLA that he really had time to have yeah. a, a lot of impact in the league. Yeah, um, played a long time, too. Yeah, I mean, 835 career regular season games. I mean, there are definitely some injury-marred seasons among uh, the years that he was in. But, um, you know, he, he did a lot. I mean, 29th all-time in uh, steals per game. I mean, you know, it was really a you know, great thief of, uh, of, of the rock. And, um, you know, really effective distributor, too. I mean, 7.2 assists per game for his uh, career. I mean, that, that includes – all of his decline. And I mean, and you're looking at, you know, 26 all time in assists per game. So yeah, definitely an effective uh, distributor and an effective scorer as well. Yes, for sure. Um, actually uh, averaged 1.8 steals for his career as well. Yeah. I mean, that, that is uh, that mark that puts him uh, 29th all time. And I mean, that's, that, that's having a big impact on the, uh, on, in the turnover game and uh, on the defensive end. So Baron Davis, I think a, a good choice on this squad. I certainly had him high in the consideration among my uh, bench guys as well. Yes. Um, let's uh, and also a terrific beard as well. And it's been overshadowed by uh, you know obviously the great beard of uh, James Harden in more recent days. But Baron Davis had a nice one too. Yeah, I just want to say I had Kevin Love next, but um, we already have talked about him. Yeah, so let's let's skip ahead to uh, the guy I think both of you, both you and I have uh, have coming up next, and that's uh, Jamal Wilkes. Yeah, um, Hall of Famer. I mean, three-time All-Star, three-time NBA champ, two-time All-Defense, All-Rookie Team, and Rookie of the Year. I mean, actually, a lot of names. Born Jackson Keith Wilkes, formerly known as Keith Wilkes, now Jamal Abdul Latif Wilkes. Yeah, and also uh, known as Silk during his uh, during his playing career. Guy had a silky smooth game, and obviously that that led him to a lot of accolades, as you just mentioned. A three-time All-Star and a three-time NBA champ. I mean, that's uh, that's no joke. No, it isn't. A uh, guy who was able to get up over uh, 20 points per game in terms of his scoring on uh, several occasions during his career. Pretty high uh, percentage shooter too. From, uh, up, you know, right near 50 percent for his uh, for his career. And um, yeah, I mean, one Rookie of the Year as you mentioned. So obviously came in uh, you know with a big impact on those uh, the, those early uh, mid 70s, excuse me, Warriors teams coming in in uh, in, in 74. And uh, hanging around for quite some time. I mean, 828 regular mm -hmm. season games through his age uh, 32 season. Yes, for sure. Good player. Definitely. And uh, someone who I definitely, you know, don't have as much experience with, uh, yeah. you know, in, in more recent days. I feel like he's been kind of overshadowed by some of his Lakers teammates from those uh, those days. But obviously, you know, has had yeah. a major impact on his own and uh, in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, inducted in 2012. Yeah, so uh, certainly worthy of consideration here, and, and uh, you know, good fit on on our respective benches. And he's actually eleventh pick. So. The eleventh pick in, in the draft back in uh, nineteen seventy four. Yeah, so uh, well well regarded even coming out of uh, UCLA at the time. Let's uh, move on to the next guy up on your uh, list here, but on, on your bunch. Yeah, um, Drew Holiday. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about uh, Drew Holiday. This guy, obviously, an active player right now with the Pelicans. Yeah, one-time All-Star, two-time defense, good player. Definitely. I, I, he's a guy who I often hear uh, discussed as one of the most underrated players in the game because of his defensive impact. 
-hmm. I think, uh, you know, capable kind of of defending most of the guys on the court, maybe not the, the biggest of the big, but really physical, strong defender, guy who, uh, you know, is able to bother players who are taller than him and shorter than him alike. So uh, a, a guy who, uh, you know, is a real weapon when the, the Pelicans and uh, the, you know, the Sixers earlier in his career are, uh, you know, crafting a defensive game plan. For sure. And um, tw- um, 15.9 points per game for his career and um, one and a half steals and uh, a half block. Yeah, 6.4 assists too. I mean, so he's, he's really filling the stat sheet. I mean, it has been throughout his entire career to this point. Yeah, and also four rebounds, so solid. Yeah, I mean, even a 35% uh, three-point shooter, so you certainly can't leave him alone from out there, even though uh, you know the volume maybe isn't where it is for some of the elite shooters today. But, I mean, you know, 5.7 threes per game this, uh, this past season. So, obviously, he's, uh, he's a threat to get it up from outside as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, an unusual uh, first name, one of the only Jerus uh, I've ever come across in, uh, in basketball and sports. Jerus? Yeah, he's got uh, his, his name is spelled unusually, with the, starting with a J and then uh, R U E. Usually, Drew begins with uh, with a D. Obviously, this is a different name than than that. Part of There's the uh, like okay, um, uh, well known for uh, being part of a uh, trio of, uh, of Holiday brothers in in the NBA. Yes, um, Justin Holiday and Aaron Holiday as well. Yeah, uh, Justin Holiday. Um, not sure where he attended. I think Aaron Holiday that went to uh, went to UCLA as well. Justin Holiday attended uh, Washington, so uh, a little bit further up the coast there, but also a uh, Pac-12 uh, connection. Uh, yeah, Drew Holiday. I mean, I, I think interesting to uh, think about where he stands right now in his career, uh, coming off his age twenty nine season this year. I think uh, due to be a free agent after next season. And uh, I think, you know, it's an open question as to whether or not he fits with what the Pelicans are trying to do right now. You know, is he on the right kind of age time frame uh, as uh, their young players, uh, notably Zion Williamson? So how, how does that all come together? And Brandon Ingram, obviously, as well. Most improved player. Yeah, the winner of the Most Improved Player Award this year. So it'd be interesting to see if uh, Drew Holiday sticks around with the Pelicans or if he goes somewhere else. He'll certainly be in demand around the league at this point. I think his, uh, his reputation is such that any contending team would be glad to, uh, to have him yeah. in there and uh, slot him into the rotation. I know he makes big money, but uh, you know, it could be worth making a move for, uh, for a team that's on the cusp. So I, I certainly had uh, Drew Holiday on my, on my bench too. He just only barely made it, but that's, that, that's what we're looking at on uh, the CCLA squad. Yeah. So who you want to throw out one of your players as well? Sure. So uh, I, I also had uh one of my guys, uh, Kiki Vandaway. Yes, I had him up next on my bench. Yeah, tell us a little bit about Kiki. A two-time All-Star. Uh... Yeah, I'm really saying that because uh, this guy loved to wear the number 55. So uh, no matter where he played during his 810 regular season games in the NBA, this guy was repping the double nickel. Yeah. Um, he actually changed his name back in 2013 to – Uppercase D instead of a lowercase D, and an uppercase W as well. Yeah, he changed uh, changed the spelling of, of his name really more the uh, capitalizations uh, scheme of, of his name, adding uh, adding the capital D and capital W after uh, having been known as Vandaway just uh, ten letters in a row, starting with a V at the beginning. So an interesting sidebar uh, regarding uh, Kiki Vandaway. Um, but good play. Definitely a good player, and the 11th overall pick in the uh, 1980 NBA draft. And uh, why don't you give us a little something on uh, on his play? I mean, yeah, um, 19.7 points per game for his career. I mean, 
um, led the league in three-point percentage one year with 40, um, um, 48.1. <laughs> look, look, look at the volume on that, on that <laughs> season, though. I mean, he led one the league attempt. in shooting with one, right, averaging one attempt per game. So, I mean, a different world to be sure. Yeah, but he was a solid three-point shooter. Yeah, I mean, look at some of the, the points per game uh, – Numbers from uh, early in Kiki Vandeweghe's career. I mean, those are, those are some some big numbers. Looking at you right there. Yes, for sure. I mean, looking at twenty nine point four, twenty six point seven, twenty six point nine, twenty four point eight. I mean, those are some higher than Reggie Miller. Way higher, right? I mean, like at, at I mean, yeah, and for longer too. I mean, staying up in those high twenties, um, the guy could really, really fill it up. I mean, those those period that period of time where he was with the Nuggets and with the uh, with the Blazers back in the uh, early eighties. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, yeah, really, uh, you know, respect uh, the 55 wearing and uh, ninth overall in uh, offensive rating for his career. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, to be top 10 in, uh, in a stat like that across uh, your entire career in NBA history is is pretty notable. Uh, Kiki Vandeweghe, I mean, you know, had a su- substantial decline phase. I mean, really, after age 30, I mean, this is uh, a, certainly a trend uh, among these players. I mean, you know, effectiveness uh, wears off after uh, after a certain age for most players. Um, so he never never averaged twenty points a game again after uh, his age twenty nine season. But even with that, I mean, having played several more seasons after that, I mean, he played until age thirty four, still averaged nineteen point seven points per game for his career. So a guy could really really score, you know, eighty seven percent shooter from the line for his career. So uh, a yes. really really good shooter uh, and a really good scorer, Kiki Vandeweghe, and obviously has gone on to a, a career in front offices and uh, in various positions around the league. So obviously well liked as well. Yes. Um, yeah, so I had Kiki Vandeweghe on my bench. You want to uh, throw another guy? I think sure. we're getting down to the bottom here. Yeah. Um, it's my last guy. I had Baron Davis on my bench as well. Um, Trevor Ariza. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about Trevor Ariza. This uh, an active player as well. I had him on my squad as well. Long career, active that, career for uh, Trevor Ariza. Is, um, is that your last guy as well? Yeah, I think we, we did a little bit of overlapping here. I mean, I had Bill Walden coming off my bench. Um, yes. But, uh, yeah, we can uh, we will have covered everyone on my bench after this player. Okay, so NBA champion, but great player. I mean, especially on defense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's had a big impact in his career. Um, really, you know, kind of rangy defensive player that uh, every team is looking for in, in the modern NBA, 6'8", 215, so – can kind of cover your LeBron James, but also, you know, maybe has the speed to chase around your, you know, I don't know, your Jamal Murray or someone like that. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe not that kind of speed, but, uh, you know, has, has the speed to, to bother most of your wing players uh, and could also go up, up against, uh, you know, guys who are playing down on the block. Yeah. Has the kind of size to bother, you know, sort of your modern center or someone who might be occupying the center spot. Um Really, I mean, a guy whose who's, uh, career value is more built on uh, duration than it is on uh, you know, peak performance, wouldn't you say? Yes, for sure. I mean, not a, not a very high peak. Not a very high peak. It's more of like a long, uh, long period of being a contributor for Trevor Ariza. Yeah. Uh, over a thousand regular season games already. I mean, and, you know, who knows how much longer his career is going to go on. I don't know if I should be saying already. He's, already, he's 34 right now. But... Looked pretty good. I mean, played this year, uh, finished this season before the restart, didn't actually come back for the uh, restart with the Blazers. They really could have used him. Uh, but looked pretty good for the Blazers uh, prior to uh, the season being shut down mm-hmm. due to coronavirus. And, uh, 
I don't know. I, I would think he's at least going to have an opportunity to play in the league next year, probably in a substantial role at, at the start. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see how, how long he can hold up in that kind of a role. But yeah, he's going to get chances. Thirty-five now, so. Yeah, he's just he just has exactly the kind of body type though that would and body type and game I should say that should allow him to continue to play. I mean, going to continue to be able to use his body on defense, can shoot it. I mean, he's a you know shot thirty seven percent from threes this year, and uh, yeah, I mean you know can make himself a pass on on, on defense. I mean you know uh, a guy who was you know still playing twenty eight minutes a game even this past season. So you got to imagine he's going to be able to continue if he wants to in a bench role for uh, for, for a little bit longer. Yeah. All right. So that wraps up uh, my my bench. But I, I think we, when it comes to UCLA, I mean, we're we're you know giving short shrift to uh, so many players here out of the ninety nine yeah. who have who have uh, suited up at, at UCLA who went on to the NBA. Let's talk about a few other guys uh, before we uh, before we wrap up this episode. I wanted to get to uh, Mark Eaton in particular. We've yeah. talked about him a bunch over the years, and I want to uh, yeah get get into Mark Eaton a little bit. Um, one time All Star. Um, five-time All-Defense. Ooh, five-time All-Defense. Um, two-time Defensive Player of the Year. Ooh, okay. <laughs> um, but, but, best block percentage of all time and four-time block champ. Average five-point-something, 5.6 blocks a game one year. Yeah, some of these block numbers with Mark Eaton are really staggering. I mean, he went on a, on a run there. Where he was 3.4 blocks, 4.3 blocks, 5.6, 4.6, 4.1, 3.7, 3.8. I mean, those seasons, the, the blocks per game. Uh, Mark Eaton, uh, seven foot four player, but uh, even with that height advantage, few people have ever blocked shots in the NBA and deterred people at the basket as effectively as Mark Eaton. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you mentioned uh, his, his block percentage. I mean, number one all-time in NBA history in blocks per game. Third all-time in defensive block box plus minus. And um, fifth in just blocks. Right, despite having played only 875 career NBA games. I mean, he was, you know, came into the league at age 26. So, I mean, got, got a late start. Imagine getting to uh, fifth all-time in blocks having come into the league at 26. Pretty wild. Yes, for sure. Um, <clears throat> or number 53 his whole career. I mean, less said about that, the better. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone else you want to uh, you want to bring up? I, I can throw a few more names here. Yeah, I think um, this is so much players, but I think we're get we're gonna we're gonna get to a point that we're gonna just have to run down a bunch of our players. Absolutely. I mean, because you know th- there there are too many. I mean, there are too many players who frankly warrant. A more involved conversation than we have time to uh, yeah. to give them in the context of this episode, but I got to mention my guy Matt Barnes. Yeah, I mean NBA champion. Yeah, this guy is uh, you know probably the best Matt Barn ever in the NBA, and uh, you know I'm into that. Um, yeah, he, uh, he repped repped the name beautifully uh, during his time in the league. Definitely had a reputation as uh, kind of a. Dirty player, guy who uh, liked to uh, get under the other team's skin, you know, kind of that was one of his assets as a player, uh, bothering the other team, you know, being a pest, being a nuisance. We've seen plenty of players like this in NBA history, you know, Pat Beverly type, but a really, really hard worker, guy who, you know, turned his, uh, you know, second round draft pick uh, status entering the league, you know, 46th overall in 2002, turned it into a long NBA career, 929 career regular season games, and, um, you know, as you mentioned, an NBA champion, 
a uh, you know, valuable NBA player during his time in the league. For sure. Uh, let's also mention uh, Swen Nader. Now, I know we don't talk about this guy that often. I feel like he's kind of been lost to the uh, the annals of, of, of history. Uh, 1973 NBA draft pick, uh, 16th overall, also played in the ABA early in his career. But uh, I mean, look at look at his uh, at his accolades. I mean, this guy came into the league as as rookie of the year in, in the ABA back at age uh, at age twenty four, yeah. and um, you know, really a, a rebounding monster. I mean, when you look at, yeah. at where he uh, stacks up all time, I mean, he's second all time in defensive rebound percentage and fifth all time in total rebound percentage. Wow. Yeah, pretty impressive, right? I mean, and, and you know, you take a look at his rebounding numbers throughout his career. I mean, he's got some pretty impressive seasons in there. For sure. I mean, two-time rebound champ, two-time all-star as well. Yeah. I mean, he had, you know, seasons where, where he's averaging, you know, 13 points per game and 15 rebounds. I mean, like, that's that's making a difference for sure. For sure. Uh, playing on those uh, San Diego Clippers teams and, um, you know, finishing up his career with the uh, with the Lakers. Also had a uh, pretty sick mustache. Yeah. Got to give him props. Um, so let's uh, let's get into some of these uh, some of these other players who we're, we're not going to get into in nearly as much depth, but maybe just a few words on, uh, on on a few more guys before we wrap up this episode. Yeah, um, Zach Levine, Kyle Anderson, Don Barksdale. So <laughs> we're kind of running the gamut there because we start off with two guys who are currently in the league: Zach Levine and Kyle Anderson, and then throw it to uh, Don Barksdale, who uh, not quite in the league currently. Uh, so tell us a little bit about uh, about Zach Levine and uh, and Kyle Anderson. Just uh, you know, any thoughts you have Kyle about them currently? Kyle Anderson, a current player on the Grizzlies, slow mo. I mean, okay player, but Zach Levine. I mean, he's pretty good. I mean, yeah, I think he can make the bench, maybe. Yeah, I think he's got a chance. I mean, he's he's in a, a high profile role with this Bulls team. You're gonna get a, continue to get a lot of usage, I think, with them. I think most famed for his. Uh, Dunk contest performances. I mean, he's an outrageous athlete. I mean, really, even in the NBA, he stands out. Yes, and he also has made the three-point contest and the dunk contest. It, right. I mean, pretty unusual uh, combination there. I mean, a great set of skills. And, I mean, he's really a guy who I think it falls apart for him on, on the defensive end more than on the offensive end. Really uh, pretty terrible on defense, but uh, a lot of skills on offense, to be sure. For sure. Uh, Don Barksdale, who you mentioned, I mean, we'll just uh, mention uh, All came a long time few notes about him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, uh, passed away back in '93, uh, um, but made the uh, made the Hall of Fame posthumously in uh, 2012 as a contributor. So uh, another guy who's worth mentioning from uh, from UCLA. Obviously, you know, came into uh, NBA action back in the early '50s. So not not a lot of time to uh, to get things going there. Yes. Uh, back during that time. So let's mention a, a, a few other guys uh, before we uh, before we check out here. Yeah. So um, Norm Powell, Lonzo Ball, just wanted to mention them. Yeah, definitely uh, contributors in, in the league right now. Yeah. Um, Aaron Holiday, like we mentioned before. Um, TJ Leaf is, uh, Leaf is is still in the mix with the with the Pacers. I mean, yeah. So Kevin Looney. Uh, come on, Looney, right? I mean, an NBA champion with the uh, with the Warriors just a couple of years ago. Yep, and that's really Tracy Murray. I mean, yeah, Tracy Murray, a terrific shooter during during his time in the league, uh, broke in in, in the uh, mid '90s and played until the uh, 2004 season. Yeah, and um, that's pretty much it. 
Yeah, I mean, there are so many other accomplished players we could get to. I mean, whether we're talking about Dave Greenwood or uh, Darren Collison, or our more recent player, Willie Knowles, Lucius Allen, Earl Sydney Watson. Wicks. Sydney Wicks. even. I mean, you know, there there are just uh, uh, scores of uh, of players from uh, UCLA who uh, went on to, uh, to great things in the NBA or, you know, mediocre things in the NBA, but they certainly have a lot more bites of the apple than you find from just about any school out there. So a uh, great tradition from uh, UCLA and able to put together really, really stacked 12-man units for, um, for uh, both our squads. So yeah, we can, uh, we, we, can, we can wrap things up there and we'll be, uh, we'll be back in just a couple of days to uh, continue uh, with some other college and, uh, and also talk about where we stand in the, uh, in the playoffs as those continue to roll on. Yeah, so um, if you're enjoying, please do a rating, review, and subscribe wherever you great podcasts. Yeah, we really appreciate it. We're on uh, just about every platform now, whether you're talking uh, uh, Apple Podcasts or Podknife or uh, Listen Notes, wh- wherever you look for podcasts, hopefully we'll be there. If, uh, if we're not, please let us know. And uh, you can uh, reach out to us at uh, barnardsontheNBA at gmail.com or find us on, on Twitter at barnardsontheNBA. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll be back with you in just another couple of days. Bye.